Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hey everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to the Broad Street Hockey Green Room Live post game. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. Uh, you know what the sad part of tonight is? They didn't play that bad. Uh, first 10 minutes, awful. Uh, and, and that's really where I have my huge problem tonight. Um, I, lots of problems, obviously. But my big problem with tonight's game is you have Tuka Rask making his first appearance of the season for the Bruins. And now don't get me wrong, Tuka Rask is a great goaltender. Uh, but it's his first game of the goddamn year in the NHL. And you have an emotional night for one of your leaders, Kevin Hayes. The team should have come out so hot, so ready to go, so ready to make this a good night for Hayes. You're rested. You got Giroux and Provorov back. And you come out flat. You give up two goals right the fuck away. And you have to fight back. They did a good job. Again, like I don't even think they were that bad tonight outside of the first couple of minutes and you can muster two goals uh just little little dumb shit uh killed them tonight like you have you know max willman take that penalty when you're already down a man you have a five on three at the end you can't cash in on your two best goal scorers and granted farabee and uh and atkinson did score tonight but your two best goal scorers get breakaways. They can't put them away. Uh, just a disappointing uh, all-around, not even effort, disappointing execution in this one. Uh, game starts to get a little bit chippy in the at the end of the second. You don't carry any of that emotion over to the third. Uh, you get gifted that five-on-three with two puck-over-the-glass penalties, and you can't take advantage. You have the goalie out for the last four minutes of the game and you muster almost nothing. This team is just offensively inept. They have just, there's no purpose to their offense. At the end, you have the goalie out and no five on three. You're just playing around the perimeter. Just so much perimeter play. No one going to the dirty areas, no one creating dangerous scoring chances and it kills you again tonight. And I like I'm just trying to focus on this. I know big picture. Honestly, it's good they lose. Uh, and it was very telling. They showed a stat. Uh, I believe I saw in one goal games this year, the Flyers are seven zero and seven. Now they're seven one and seven. But never having lost a one goal game in regulation shows you exactly what they are. Uh, that's that mediocrity right there. Oh, yeah, we stole. You win or you steal a point. All right, cool. St. Louis is up 2-1. Uh, 
at least uh, that puck line minus a goal and a half against Seattle is still alive. That's cool. They're down one nothing going into the third. But we're here to talk about the Flyers. Uh, God damn. Just a I don't I, I don't know what I expect out of this team at this point. I just thought with the Kevin Hayes coming back to Boston, with the rest, with Giroux and Provorov coming back, say what you will about Provorov, he's better than what they have out there. Uh, I just, with Tuka Rask making his first start, I thought all of these things would have added up to a Flyers win, at least a few more goals. I don't know. I just expected more out of them tonight. Stupid fucking me, right? Expecting the least bit out of this team, expecting even the bare minimum out of this team. Uh, that's what I have. That's what I took away from this one. Hey, good for Zach McEwen. He won a fight, and uh, he got some ice time with the net empty. That was fun. Uh, let's let's get to the calls. Let's get to what you guys have to say. Uh, let's lead it off with Chris H. Chris H., you're live on the post game. Oh, hey, Bill. How are you doing? How are you tonight, Chris? Um, I'm fine. I mean, the, the team played hard. They played okay. I think Hart made them look better than they did. Oh, certainly. Hart, Matt, like, gives up a hat trick to a guy and was their best player tonight. Yeah, and uh, and the thing that baffled me was, you know, they pulled the goalie really early, which I didn't mind. But if you were going to do that anyway, you know, the season's over. I mean, we're not going to playoffs. So if the season's over, why not grow a spine and on that five-on-three take the goalie out and do a six-on-three? You have nothing to lose. You don't. We're not good on the power play anyway. I mean, what are you going to lose? We lose the game? Well, we're losing anyway. We're losing the games anyway. Uh, if not on the 5-on-3, at least when that expires, if, when you get a stoppage at the 5-on-4, then do it. Like, why not do it then? I was thinking it then. But, yeah, fuck it. Like, do it at the 5-on-3. Who cares? Like, oh, wow, we gave up a goal. You, you suck anyway. <laughs> and. And I think the most depressing part for me that's starting to sink in is this team is never going to be a team like, you know, the Penguins before Crosby where they completely bottomed out. They're never going to bottom out because they got Hayes coming back. They got Ellis. They got Farabee, Hart, you know, and they got these guys coming back and they're never going to bottom out and get those premium picks. And in hockey, those premium picks, that's what you build your franchise around. You're not going to find, you know, this isn't, you know, the Detroit Red Wings when they were finding guys, you know, in the fourth, fifth round in the 2000s, 1990s. Scouting's improved. So you're not going to get those superstars. We need those premium picks, and I don't know how we're going to get them. It's very deflating. Yeah, I just, um, like, I think having guys, uh, like, a little bit of optimism in terms of them being bad. Like, look how bad they are now. Granted, like, yes, Hayes is hurt. Ellis hasn't played. I don't know if those guys are difference makers the way Giroux and Voracek were difference makers in their prime, uh, not letting not letting the Flyers bottom out just based on those, like, basically two guys. Uh, I think that, like, you have more complementary pieces that even if – Hayes, Atkinson, Farabee, if they're good, I still think you're a bad team. Like, I, I do think you can bottom out with those guys. And in terms of heart, just don't start them every game. Like, play them half the time. Play your backup. Play Field Sandstrom, and you'll be fine in that regard. Like, as long as uh, Claude Giroux goes and doesn't come back and, th- like, th- they sell some of these veterans, I, I don't see anything really stopping them because look how fucking bad they are right now. 
<laughs> yeah, I agreed. And um, my last point is that, you know, Clark went on about Hextall and everything, and he, you know, basically buried Hextall and blamed him for what's going on. And I didn't really like that. I mean, yeah, some of it was blunt, but my problem with his comments were the fact that you're burying Hextall. He left the organization, so it's easy to bury a guy who leaves the organization. And Clark's on the fly, you know, he's on the Flyers payroll, so he's not going to trash the scouting department or anything. So it just felt like he's trying to scapegoat Hextall. I think we need to stop looking at Hextall and look at more of the development team of the scouting department because he had to have been getting their input. I, I refuse to believe he was not getting any input from the scouts or when it came to drafting some of these prospects. Absolutely, Chris, and thanks a lot. Uh, in terms of the Hextall stuff, I will just say, and the Clark stuff with Hextall, I believe a lot of it, uh, but like Chris said, Bob Clark is still part of this organization, and Chuck Fletcher's his boy. Uh, there is an element of, hey, we've all heard how Hextall shut out the alumni. There's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of animosity beyond just like, oh, we wanted Kale McCarr, and he said, no, I want the Brandon Wheat King, Nolan Patrick. Like maybe that's true, but I think there are more layers to it. And I, I'm fine with everything Clark said. Whatever. It's Bob Clark. He's been saying shit his whole life. Uh, he's been saying shit forever. Uh, this is a guy who had a press conference to tear the C off of Eric Lindros' jersey. We know who Bob Clark is. Uh, and I love, like, listen, he's the all-time greatest flyer. He's one of the best players in the history of the game. Uh, but I think there are multiple layers to this just beyond, you know, what Hextall did wrong. He did plenty wrong. He deserves plenty of blame, but I think there's a little more to it than that. Uh, Harris Barnes, Harris, you're live on the post game. Um, what should I say? I'm not surprised that Pasternak had a hat trick. I mean, he seems to just dummy the fly. Oh God, no, he time. kills us. Um, and it's almost like he saw those Bobby Clark comments and said, Hey, you got the Flyers passed on me too. I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm also one of these guys. That's. I was thinking tonight, like you know, part of the reason that's given for potentially thinking we needed Nolan Patrick instead of Kale McCarr, and like, listen, maybe the scouts are geniuses and they thought Kale McCarr is what he is. I don't think anyone saw the next Bobby Orr coming, uh, but like, it, I, I do think there's a little, yeah, like. Yeah, go ahead, Paris. I'm sorry. I got yeah, this. but um, yeah, Pasternak just kills the Flyers. Yes, yeah, that's um, the like. I do think there's a little, you know, if if we had a, uh, if we had taken Pasternak instead of Sandheim, part of that. Oh, we don't need a defenseman in McCarr. We need that forward. Well, you'd have the forward in Pasternak. It opens up the ability to take McCarr there. So, yeah, you know, take that for what it's worth. It's it, drafts are always hindsight. We freak out about them, but. God damn, think about how different this team would be with McCarr and Pasta instead of Sandheim and Patrick. Jesus. Well, and, and, and it's like you take the defenseman first-round pick, 13, 14, and 15, when there were better forwards on the board, and then you take the forward when there were better defensemen on the board. So you just the Flyers can't win. No, they can't. Uh, but going off on a tangent not directly related to the game, well, I guess sort of, but – like Boston's not that good, and I think people just don't realize like that Boston's actually just a little bit above being mediocre. Like they do look good on some nights, and other nights they look 
terrible or just they've been great recently like yeah oh they yeah had a slow start and they missed a, they had a bunch of games like they they had a bunch of games in hand for some time they've been coming on really strong lately but like in boston and i guess it's in major part because it's more of a hockey city all the d1 programs the prep schools and whatnot like there's just this expectation like the bruins are going to win they, they they're supposed to win and like I'm assuming, and I'm not old enough, but, like, I'm assuming in Philadelphia that was once the case, too. But, like, just TD Garden feels way different than Wells Fargo or whatever it's called. Like, it, like they, they, there's this just, like, aura. The expectation is, yeah, the Bruins just should kick the shit out of everyone. And the Flyers, I don't know if that's been that way in a long, long time, if ever. Yeah, I mean, that's the Flyers were that way you know, for most of their history, but Boston has been one of the top contenders in the league for over a decade now. Like they are supposed to be this good. And I, I do think that changes the atmosphere when you're, you go to the games expecting to win. It's just not that way in Philly anymore because the flyers have been irrelevant for 10 years. Yeah. And, and like, I don't know. I don't know how the, like I'm not trying to take a shot at Philly fans at all. Like Philly, Philadelphia fans are just as passionate, probably even more passionate than Boston fans in many cases. It's just like, I mean, it's just comparing apples to oranges with hockey because it's just different cities. But um, I don't know. I, I like the, I like the pushback from the Flyers and uh, the second, especially it's just, it says something about the team and the organization when like the guys who drive the energy of the team are Scott Lawton and Zach McEwen. Like, the reason why the Blues won the Cup is because the whole team played physically. Obviously, the back end was awesome, but like the Blues, the Flyers should be going for a Blues type mold. But the whole team doesn't have that edge, that especially the forward core that, that the Blues did. No, absolutely not, and it affects a lot, Harris. Like it's something that came up. I was talking to someone on Twitter tonight. They made the comment just that, like I responded, like how maddening is it? to watch the Flyers, puck goes in a corner, first four-checker gets there, and they don't finish their hit. Like, they pull a big U-turn and, like, man, you got there. I don't even care if you get called for interference. I don't want to see anyone get hurt. But every now and then, fucking board somebody. Like, I'm not saying, like, run someone from behind from 50 feet. But, God, like – Take the chance to lay to make a physical play every now and then. They just never do. And if you're going to be a team that wins with depth the way the Flyers are supposed to because they don't have superstars, you need to finish your hits. You need to have those little edges, and they just have none of it outside of, uh, like what Harris just said, fucking Zach McEwen. Like Zach McEwen is out there with the net empty tonight. Do you think that wasn't a message – Sure, you know, we're missing some guys, no Couturier, blah, blah, blah. But you think that wasn't a little bit of a message tonight from the coaching staff? Like, if everyone had a little bit more Zach McEwen in them, uh, this team would be at least marginally better. It certainly was. Warren Brody, Warren, you're live on the post game. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. 
Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hidden. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito Yeah, it, it, this, this goes back to, uh, you know, the game starts at 7 o'clock and the Flyers don't start playing until 7.30. Just another slow start. I mean, it, this has been going on for years. And I don't understand why we can't get a coach in here that, that you know, we're, we're – I don't understand it. It's just really bizarre. And you're always chasing the game, and, you you know, you're never going to win these games, very rarely. Uh, no, they have to make such an effort to just get back into the game that it's impo- – like, you're spent by the time there's 10 minutes left because you took the entire game to get back in it. I think we lost Warren there. Sorry, Warren. All right, let's go to Hunter Moyer. Hunter, you're live on the post game. Oh, what's up, Bill? How are you tonight, Hunter? Uh, not bad. I haven't been on, uh, you know, the past couple times, but my question here is going to lead into my next thought process. Um, if the Flyers do tear this down, do the fans and fan base organization have the guts to deal with this for the next? three, four, five years? You know, it's part of the reason... Because you, you'll lose fans over this, Bill. If, if this team sucks, and they, you'll lose fans over this. Will you lose more than they've already lost? That's well, the yeah, thing. That, is they've, yeah. been, like, they were, they've been mediocre, and now they're awful the last couple years. Like They'll come back when they're good. That's the thing. It's uh, We will stick with them because that's what we do. And, like, shit, man, look at Sixers ticket prices. People said the same thing about the Sixers. Oh, if no one goes, are they going to come back? Yes. People will always support a winner. Fucking people are ready to have a parade for Smarty Jones, a horse. Like, we will support a winner no matter what. Yeah, I I don't know. Because that, that leads into my point from what Harris said, too, is, yeah, you can tank for these top players and whatever, but the lady, do you know the lady's name on the ESPN broadcast? I don't remember her name. I do not. I did not get the broadcasters' names tonight, but I will say they are considerably better than uh, Bouchergras and Ferraro. And I like those two as like uh, hosts, but as in-game commentators, they were awful. I, I very much enjoyed the uh, ESPN broadcast tonight better than the last one. Yeah, but she said something that really stuck out is. It, this day and age in the NHL, you need a well-rounded player. And and to me, that means that you look for Tom Wilson ex- as an example. When he first came into the league, he was 30, whatever he was, always getting in trouble and whatever. But now he's a goal scorer, like he's a good player. And the Flyers don't have that from line one to line four. And that's a huge issue that even if they do pick up a top player, to me, that's not going to change this team because they – 
they just don't have it throughout the organization. No, they, they have a serious lack of talent, and they also seem to have a serious lack of whatever that little bit extra is, whatever that it factor is. Uh, they're missing both. Yeah, there's there's no fight. There's no fight in the team. You, you brought it up. You, the puck goes into the boards, and they don't they don't hit. I mean, that's just plain and simple. Scott Lawton went into they the boards. actively avoid hits. Yes, Scott Lawton went into the boards. I don't know if he was trying to initiate the contact with uh, – it was right in the beginning of the game. I don't remember who the fuck it was. Oh, it was right Matt after was, his turnover. Was, he then got lit up. Yeah, yeah Matt, he was having he a rough abs- first period. He got fucking plastered, and I was yes. like – why can't we do this? But the team, if you look at it, for example, and we do it on the power play too sometimes, and I don't know if it's a lack, I think it's a lack of confidence, but when the puck is loose and it goes to the point, there's always at least one of the point men is always rushing out of the zone. Like they don't, they don't try and keep the puck in the zone. It's they're always scared because I feel like last year and this year, they've always been giving up too many odd man rushes. Whereas this year, I feel like it's lost that, Push that puck. You know, who cares if you dive in it fucking... Fuck it. What's the difference? Man? Yeah, like, exactly. You've given up. They've scored. I looked at it tonight. I guess they're at 17 uh, power play goals now. But coming into the game, 16 power play goals for six shorthanded against. Like, <laughs> what's the difference? Go for it. When they actually... When they put out the five forwards at one point on the power play, I was like, thank God. What is the point of like trying to protect against the uh, trying to protect against the shorthanded goal when oh yeah we got Keith Yandel back there well he's slow as dirt and can't handle the puck so what the fuck's yeah. the difference yeah I yeah this yeah slow is the word I mean Scott Lawton's pass in the beginning of the game was just oh my I, I don't god know if that was miscommunication but like even the I mean I don't agree with Boucher because they're like eh, I took a bad bounce off the boards. Well, if you would have fucking passed it to him, it wouldn't. That wouldn't have been an issue. I'm tr- like, I was trying to th- like, maybe it came off the boards weird, but really, it's just like, how often do you see the puck hit the boards at that? Like, it's just such a weird. Ag- you never see the puck hit the <laughs> boards like that. That might be how it always happens, but you never see it happen. Yeah, I, I mean that. That's all I have. The teams just they just can't compete. They can't. It's it's a real shame. Thanks a lot, Hunter. I appreciate it. It's it's if it wasn't so far gone, it would be frustrating, and somehow it's still frustrating because they lack the ability to do the smallest shit, man. The most simple stuff. Like I joked on Twitter tonight, they need to like they need to pull the Gordon Bombay and break out the eggs for the soft hands passing drill. They can't throw or catch a pass. They are awful at completing passes, which you'd think they pass so much and refuse to shoot. They'd be good passers. No, they're horrible at it. Adam Bortz. Adam, you're live on the post game. Hey, Bill. Before I say what I was going to say, I think passing is such an underrated statistic. It's such an underrated statistic. I was thinking tonight I would love to see, like, someone who keeps track of like completion percentage. Yeah. They have to be near the bottom. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's so underrated. Um, so before I shit on him, I want to make like one positive point that I saw tonight. Did you catch the very last couple seconds where Cam York went in on Martian? Yes, I did. Yeah. So to piggyback on your McEwen point about tenacity, energy, etc., like – 
I love that play for so many reasons. A, I can't stand Marsha and he's a fucking rat, right? But like York played to the whistle and would yeah. not let that guy score. That's what this team needs, you know, no, like more I, guys like that. We've made the point a lot before it's come up in these post games. They need to not only want to win, they need to hate to fucking lose. Yep. They need they need losing to seriously bother them, and it clearly doesn't. Like I like some <laughs> guys on this team. I, I think there are some guys on this team who can be part of a winner, but like as a whole. They don't hate losing nearly enough, and maybe it's because York's only been here, you know, a little while, but and he sure. hasn't been indoctrinated into the mediocrity. But <laughs> I love that. The the hopelessness hasn't uh, affected him, infected him yet. Yeah, uh, which is great. But yeah, I just I, I love that plan. I think it's just another bullet point in the kind of starting to become a long list of why I think he really needs to stay at the NHL level right now. Oh, he can't go back. Yeah, uh, like I, I didn't, I actually didn't send the text to Charlie tonight, but I really, uh, I was thinking like, in all seriousness, Cam York is the Flyers' ex yeah. best defenseman. Yeah, he might like, if we're gonna take Ryan Ellis out <laughs> of the equation, because why wouldn't we? Um, he might be their best defenseman. I, I kind of am starting to agree with you. I wouldn't uh, a couple games ago, but uh, it's making harder. It's harder and harder to make the case against it now. Um, I think uh, the game tonight for me really was like a microcosm of the last decade of Flyers hockey in a yeah. game. Like, you know, slow starts to the season. They're always digging themselves out of a hole, they play their asses off down the stretch. And like so most off. of the time, most of the time they come up short. Sometimes they got in, but like we're just left at the end, like, ugh, come on. You know? Oh, I fully expected an overtime loss tonight. That is absolutely what I thought was gonna happen. Kind of surprised they didn't tie it up just out of spite. Like th- yeah. that's they do that so often, but yeah, it's the the first ten minutes pissed me off so bad. Like I said at the top of the show, like <laughs> you have you have Tuka Rask who hasn't played in the NHL yet this year. You have Kevin Hayes coming back to Boston. Like this, you, you have the rest because the last game got postponed. Giroux is back. Provorov is back. You yeah. should have been shot out of a fucking cannon tonight, <laughs> but it took twenty minutes to realize the game had started. Yeah, yeah. You had to have had a Hayes prop bet to score tonight. Am I? Oh, I absolutely did. It <laughs> okay. was plus four hundred on the goddamn anytime yeah. goal score. I was taking that all day. <laughs> I want to. I want to make one final point, and then I'll, I'll let you go. I want to comment on something that you touched on in the pod yesterday, earlier in the week. Uh, you tweeted out, you know, you wanted fans to kind of give you guys questions to talk about on the pod. One of the questions I had was about the secession plan of what happens when Drew leaves. And you said something that I fully agree with and like support wholeheartedly, whoever it is. And I meant the question more holistically, like what happens to the leadership core and how does that adjust? But you said something that was so good in that whoever comes in, there should be no captain. No. Like you should not, you should not award the C to somebody for showing up. Somebody's got to fucking take it and want it and earn it 
And like, that's the captain that I want to have on this team. And that's what this team needs again, as a whole, somebody that's going to do it and like, go for it and like put their life on, you know what I mean? And I just, I they really, really not, agree with that point. They should not just slap it on Hayes or Couturier or whoever, just to say we have a captain. The right. next captain of this team should be captain for a while. And it's because they fucking earned it. Yep. Uh, Thanks, Bill. Have a great night. Thanks a lot, Adam. Appreciate it. Uh, let's go to Ian Ackerman. Ian, you're live on the post game. What's up, Bill? How are you tonight, Ian? Doing all right. Uh, before I talk about tonight's game, I went to my first Flyers home game uh, Saturday against the Sharks. I live out here in the, the Detroit area, so I flew out to uh, Philly, took my uncle, and uh, we went to the game, and despite them losing, it was still – it was still an awesome experience to go to my first Flyers home game. That oh, was- that's part of, like, why when people are like, boycott the Flyers, don't buy tickets. Listen, do I think we should be supporting this team? No. But going to hockey games is fun. So I won't – like, I'll never knock anybody for, like, I want to go watch some hockey. Like, it's it's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, and, like, my uncle, you know, was telling me – he's told me so many stories about the glory days of the Broad Street Bullies and, like, the teams of the 80s. And uh, our seats were pretty sick. It was, like, 11 rows up from the ice, and we were in the Flyers' offensive zone for the first and third periods. So uh, it was it was an awesome experience. But, uh, yeah – Hurdle with the hat trick and then another hat trick tonight. So you might want to do a prop bet for whoever we play next to have their star get a hat trick game. I totally, they ran a statistic on, they ran, they had like a graphic on the broadcast. And I don't know if they actually mentioned it, but it was, it was the third hat trick they've allowed in four games. I totally forgot about Troy Terry's hat trick too against Andrew. Oh yeah, that's right. They're just getting killed by one guy every night. (laughs) You can't make it up, man. Uh, but, um, God, how fucking slow do they look? Like, Boston played last night, I'm pretty sure, and we haven't played since Saturday, and they just look like they have cement in their goddamn skates. I just, it, it, I, don't, I don't get it. It's unbelievable. There was a point, I think maybe in the first period, uh, Morgan Frost won a race and, like, created a chance out of it. And I really thought, like, holy shit, I can't believe someone just got to a loose puck first. Like, I am blown away that we won a race. I know. And despite being buried in a 2 nothing hole early on, it was a pretty entertaining game. They had some it was. some nice plays. And, um, oh God, those breakaways that they misfired on killed me. But now that I think about it, I shouldn't have expected them to score because it's just like a shootout. They're not going to score, yeah. so, you know? It's It's unbelievable that they're just unable to score on regularly these one against the goalie opportunities it's it's fucking mind-boggling yeah uh my last point is i i'm impressed with cam york from what i've seen you know last year and and this year and i think saturday the game i went to i think he got his first point if i'm not mistaken i believe so so that was pretty cool um he looks like maybe one of the few bright spots for the future but uh we'll see thanks again for doing this man and i'll talk to you guys soon Appreciate it, Ian. Yeah, like Cam York doesn't look like a—he doesn't look like a stud right now. Maybe he develops into more than he is, but he looks like a good, solid puck mover. Makes good decisions. Uh, tries to get the puck towards the net, which is foreign to this entire team. Uh, tries to make things happen uh, in terms of creating dangerous plays. Uh, 
maybe he is what we wanted, you know, at this point, I wanted Sandheim to be a first pair defenseman, but maybe he is that guy that we wanted Sandheim to be just that steady second pair guy who creates some offense. Uh, I'm fine. Like, that's fine. You know, uh, if Cole Caulfield turns out to be a fucking superstar, that hurts. But uh, if Cam York, he at least looks like a possible building block, not a centerpiece, but a building block. Uh, let's go to Brian S. Brian S. You're live on the post game. Hey, Bill. How's it going? How are you tonight, Brian? Oh, you know, living the dream. Uh, so I think this team has finally beaten the last amount of Kelly optimism out of me, man. I am just so done with this shit. <laughs> it's, it, I really like, I had a good feeling going into this third period tonight and like, I feel stupid for thinking that. Right. Just we've seen so many games where they fall down to nothing eventually, like you know, three three and goes to overtime. I was fully expecting an, an overtime loss time. That's what I was thinking heading into the third period, and they just couldn't get that equalizer. Or, yeah, yeah, you and me both, man. Uh, so spicy take here, though. How about instead of uh, trading Giroux and you know the only player that seems like he gives a shit? How about we trade all these people who are disappointments, like uh, I don't know Provi and TK and Morgan Frost, and get somebody like Jacob Chikrin or Tarasenko, or at least make the games fun. Yeah, uh, I would say check on the kind of season Chikrin's having, but um, you know it's fucking Arizona. Um, <laughs> I just think, like, yeah, everyone's on the table. Like, I, I say hearts are only untouchable, but, like, you know, if something ridiculous, if Edmonton calls you up and goes, yeah, we're going to go dry sight on a goalie, we'll give you McDavid. Like, yes, you trade Carter Hart. But since that's not going to happen, like, everyone's on the table. Absolutely Provorov at this contract at this point. He's a second-pair defenseman. He's on the table. Uh, Travis Konechny, um but right now, in terms of what they can do in season, to me it's about guys with expiring contracts, and that's it's Giroux and Risto, but it's also Brassard and Martin Jones and like these low these low cost veterans that a team heading into the playoffs would absolutely be looking to add. Okay, so a super spicy take: we don't sell at the deadline, but we sign Yori Laterra and we go on a fucking tear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, sure. Why not? Hey, they need some kind of energy, right? <laughs> they they could use it. Jesus Christ! <laughs> All right, stay gritty, Bill. Thanks, man. Appreciate it, Brian. Brian always closes with the stay gritty. I love it. Uh, Johnny Dyer, Johnny, you're live on the first team. Aloha from Hawaii, Bill. How you doing? Oh, how you doing, Johnny? Oh, things are fucking beautiful out here man <laughs> I can watch great. That i'm game. in my uh, i'm in my unheated sunroom i can't feel my fingers or toes you're out there in goddamn hawaii it's wonderful i just go wash this game right off in the water <laughs> it. remember when um morgan frost wasn't getting his shot and everybody was really excited about him uh as a prospect did, did does he lose his spot in the lineup when couturier and brassard are healthy I don't think so. Uh, first, like Broussard, Broussard just is a non-factor to me. And Morgan Frost, like he's, he just is what he is. I just think he needs more time. I don't think he's ever going to be a star, any sort of difference maker, but he's a piece. He's a, uh, he can create a little offense, a few nice plays tonight, nothing special, but I think he's just a guy who needs his time. That's it. I, 
and, uh, it's, it's better than playing someone with no future. That's the thing. Like, Derek Broussard contributes nothing to the future of this team. Morgan Frost could be a piece. I mean, maybe, right? We'll have to. He doesn't look it right now. He, he looks like the rest of them out there. He doesn't move his feet like everybody else. He just kind of stands there. The only guy, and people have talked about it already, who like really looked the part was was Yam Cork. Is there any chance that I already I got nothing against Mike Yo? He's a perfectly cronulent coach. Like he'll 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 sit there at press conferences, and that's all they need somebody to do. He's not Mike York. If he had a great team, would have a great team. If Mike York has a bad team, he'd have a bad team. He's just a fucking guy. Like that's sure. all he is at this point. Yeah, he's just a jag, and that's how you know. Like you were talking about it, somebody else was talking about it. So all that hustle Cam York showed. That that's that's everything you need to see to know that that guy should have, give him more time. Let him run the power play. You, it's cowardly to let Keith Yandel keep that streak going. It's cowardly. One hundred percent. Yeah. He's it, not only like is he a detriment to the team, but it, that streak is going to get broken like the the instant he gets the record. Like Phil Kessel's breaking it. So it's pointless to and, let him continue like, to try. The, the point, and at this point, the Flyers don't have six NHL defensemen, so like he's playing whatever. It's not even like they have someone they could put in for him at this point. I guess you could play Zamula. I'd prefer that. But like the only reason he's gonna get this streak is because he's on the streak. Like the yeah. only reason he's playing is because he always plays. If he didn't have this streak going, he wouldn't even be in the fucking league. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I could, yeah. I think you're right. Does um did uh did G look tonight like he was playing to not get hurt? Like I I noticed him a couple times down low, but really like and 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 it's hard to blame the guy, right? He's he's played with with garbage for his entire career. Well, not garbage. He's had some good guys to play with, but it, it looked a lot like, um, not that he was holding back, but I think he knows his time is up. And rather than put himself out there to like maybe get hurt, he just looked like I'm saving this because I know they're going to send me someplace. I'm going to wave my claws. Uh, it wouldn't shock me if he knew his time was up, but first game back after, you know, some time off, I just don't, I just don't expect that much out of these guys making their uh, making their return from from testing positive. Like we've seen it with enough players, it takes them a little bit to get their legs under them. And then last thing before I let you go, because I know you probably got a bunch of callers still, um, is this team gonna break Carter Hart? I always say if a guy can be broken, he was never good enough. Uh, I, Carter Hart has to go out and do his job. That's all he can do. I, if if you're able to, like he played great tonight. He did. He was tremendous. Uh, he just has to keep doing that, whether the team is good or bad or whatever. I, I don't see them breaking him. I, I don't think that's a thing. If you can be broken, you're not good enough. Right on, man. They sure could use a guy like Shane Gossespear on their power play at that. Right? Oh, uh, wouldn't that be if there was a fucking guy who could like get pucks to the net? <laughs> And play pitch and catch with Giroux. Like, wouldn't that be something? That'd uh, be unreal, man. <laughs> unreal. All right, aloha, Bill. Take care, Take brother. Take it easy, Johnny. I appreciate it. Yeah, like, again, I've said this a bunch of times. I don't doubt that Shane Gossespierre's attitude may have turned negative in the locker room. I f- was fully on board with the idea that this team needed a culture change, and 
both the Flyers and Ghost are were better off without each other after last season. But when you look at what he's doing, when you just put him in the position to do what he does, he does it. That's, you know, he's never going to be great defensively. He's never going to be this. He's never going to be that. You can't focus on what players aren't. It's like saying Claude Drew doesn't score enough goals. Well, motherfucker, he creates how many? Like, if you focus on what Shane Goss's bear can't do, you miss what he can do. And you see what he can do. And, yeah, he's playing more minutes than probably warranted, and he gets more freedom on a team that's as bad as Arizona. But tell me you wouldn't rather watch Shane Goss's bear on a third pair than you would rather watch Keith goddamn Yandel. Come on. Uh, Barry Schaefer, Barry, you're live on the post game. Bill, how are you? How are you tonight, Barry? I'm happy that the last caller mentioned that as soon as Yandel gets this record, Joey Chestnut's going to break it. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to that one. That's uh, I, I just wanted to mention two things. Um, one about uh, Fletcher and drafting, and I I look at Minnesota and I don't necessarily believe in him, but I think he's identified players and skill sets that the Flyers need more so than Hextall. Not two hundred foot guys, but he takes Forster, who's got a good shot and is willing to use it. Needs to learn how to skate and other such things. He takes an absolute burner last year, needs to do other stuff, but he's fast. So I think he's at least, for me, acknowledging more kind of what the Flyers needed before Hextall. Now, if you rebuild it, that kind of goes out the window. And um, just the last thing I'll say, um, there's something about player development with this team. All right, I lost you, Barry. Uh, I couldn't. Your volume was in and out there, but uh, talking about player development, yeah, like in terms of drafting, the Flyers have missed on some picks. They could have made some better picks. Uh, When I look at, you know, the best draft, like it's really like Stevie Y and then everyone else when it comes to a lot of these drafts. While the Flyers could have made some better picks, especially under Hextall, man, they couldn't have missed on all these guys. You know, it's really – there's got to be some other step missing too. It's not just that they misidentified players. The players they did identify somehow weren't brought along correctly. And I think that's what Barry was getting at. There's absolutely another piece to the puzzle in terms of player development that just hasn't really been there for the Flyers for a lot of, uh, a lot of these years where they've been focused on drafting and developing and neither of those things seem to have worked out. AJ Longwell, AJ, you're our last caller tonight. You're live on the post game. Oh, I'm last. It seems like it. Wow, um, that's good because I want to talk. Just laugh about the end of the game where the Flyers had the puck six on five for two minutes and went from one point to the other point to G at the half wall to Kevin behind the net, wrapping it around the, the half boards, wall, just playing the, the point to the other point, just a circle for probably 45 seconds and nobody took a single shot or tried to move their feet to create a new lane to shoot in. I, it was like, just like, I, how do they do that? That's like, how do they do that? You mentioned I didn't know that was possible. Feet, moving your feet to create a new lane. Like I really want to look up this week Shot attempts that aren't shots. The Flyers have to lead the league in missing the net or getting shots blocked, shots deflected. Like if there's someone in front of them, they're like, fuck it. And their shot gets blocked. That's it. There's no, 
Yeah. You know There's what? no effort to create a better opportunity. You know uh Jay Fresh on Twitter? Yeah. Yeah, he every maybe like once a month he posts he does a weekly recap, but I think once a month he also includes like like percentage of team shots that are blocked. So you can probably scroll back on there and find it. It's it's unbelievable. Like, yeah, they played the perimeter tonight uh, in that's in the five on three and the six on five at the end. Like at the end, you were saying like, uh, there was like a minute some left, and I looked up and there were fifteen seconds left. They hadn't done a thing. Not done a thing. I, 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 it seemed impossible that they spent that much time on the perimeter with the clock winding down. No, I, it's like like what happened to uh, put pucks on that. I thought that was pretty basic. It's all they ever talk about, yet they don't do it. No, I don't, I don't do it. And uh, in other hockey comedy, can you believe Arizona beat the Leafs last night? <laughs> I can because I bet Toronto minus a goal and a half, and they fucking lose 2-1. I, I was losing my shit all night last night. <laughs> it was so funny. I, I mean, I'm from Toronto, and I was just like, <laughs> well, after after one period where they had 30, whatever, 20-something shots, and then they couldn't, uh, couldn't be at the goal, I was like, that's it. Oh well, <laughs> like we can have two more periods of this, and nothing's going to change. Yeah, and it, you know when you're a good team, you can afford nights like that. And Toronto I know, right? can. Uh, it's it's it not like they did is. anything badly. Yeah, yeah. It just. That's why they play eighty-two of these things. That's why they play eighty-two of these things. I know well, and that's the other like everyone likes to go. Oh, the the Blues were in last place, but they won. But it's also like the Blues were the best five-on-five shot share team when they fired Mike Yo and they were the best five on five shots their team when they were last in the league and they were the best five on five shots their team when they made the playoffs. So like, Yeah, they just like started just, like, luck started to go their way and they yeah. got Jordan Bennington who was on fire for a few months. Like, yeah. That's that's just what happens. Um I didn't know at the beginning of that season he wasn't even playing for their own AHL team. They loaned him out because they had too many goalies and they didn't even like him. Incredible. It's like, it's like uh Nadelkovich in Carolina last year. Passed him through waivers. Nobody knew. And then he finally, I don't know, put two and two together and figured out how to play in the NHL. Too weird. It's voodoo, too, man. Goaltending is voodoo. Weird, yeah. When uh, when all of a sudden they're ready, there's just doesn't sound like there's any way to know. Yeah. All right. All right. Bye-bye, Flyers. Um, <laughs> go figure out how to skate. That'd be nice. Appreciate it, AJ. Thanks a lot. Uh, yeah, it's man. This season is just uh, how many more of these things they got? Well, I'll be here for you through basically all of them. I'm gonna miss some time at the end of February, beginning of March, but I'll basically be here for every game other than that. Uh, and that's how we do it here in the Flyers post game and green green room. Uh, I want to say again, appreciate everybody listening, appreciate everyone hanging out, calling into this show. I know it's arduous to watch this team. I know. The last thing a lot of us want to do is continue to talk about them, but I really appreciate anyone uh, who joins me for these post games, calls in, listens on the podcast, whatever. Uh, it's really awesome, the support that Broad Street Hockey gets and all that. So uh, it, it's great. Really, uh, really happy with how the season's going in terms of uh, in terms of all that, even though the team's fucking terrible. All right, uh, enough of uh, handing flowers to everybody. We're going to wrap it up. That is all the time I have for you on the Green Room Live post game. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. If you haven't already, you got to hit that subscribe button. Just search Broad Street Hockey wherever there are podcasts, and boom, content, content, content. So much stuff. I don't even feel like listing it all. 
because uh, I really got to piss, so I'm going to go. All right, thanks a lot, everybody. My name is Bill Matz. Until next time, have a great week, everybody.